Welcome back to Meet the Quota. In the booth with me today, I have Mr. Michael Kawagoe here for episode two. Michael, tell him what's up. You want me to tell him about myself a little bit? Yeah, just you know, introduction. Right, well, uh, I'm a sophomore in high school, just sophomore in college. Just started my <laughs> sophomore year. Uh, I'm a Christian studies major with an emphasis in biblical studies. I grew up in the same area as Parker and went to high school with him for a little bit, a couple of years. Got to go to Europe with him. That mm. was a lot of fun. That was a good time. Uh, I think really connected with Parker as a friend through Micah, who was on the on the podcast last week. Um, yeah, I like to work out. Played football in high school. Really loved that. Didn't end up getting to take that to a professional career, but have found a lot of joy and happiness in uh, powerlifting. So very nice, yeah. awesome. All right, so this is a quote that you brought to me. This is from uh, Philippians, Book of Philippians, four six through seven. You want to kind of start us and diving in? Yeah, yeah. I actually uh, tacked on uh, four and five to that because I think it's important to have the full context, but mm. it reads. Absolutely. Uh, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Uh, and so this comes at the end of Philippians, which is a letter written by Paul to the church in Philippi. Paul was just imprisoned, and uh, the church in Philippi sent him a missionary with some funds to continue to help him live and survive and Paul is returning this letter to just say thanks and give some encouragement on the issues that the church has been struggling with um, yeah so what what were some of those issues that Paul needed to address to um, the church the biggest issue was that the church like all the other churches was facing difficulties and hardships and so Paul is encouraging them um, and there's some key themes that we can see in Philippians uh, about Christians making spiritual progress that that progress requires a proper spiritual outlook that Christ is the supreme example for Christians but that mature Christians can also play that role Suffering is inevitable, but Christians can still be joyful, and prayer is crucial to this. Faithful is required to have good standing with God, not following the law, uh, and Jesus was fully man and God. And so this obviously incorporates a lot of those themes of prayer and right standing with God and spirituality, and the the main point that it makes is to uh, go before God and give him the things that are troubling you because, A, he wants to know, mm -hmm. 
uh, and B, he can actually do something about the problems in our lives. It's not just complaining to God like, oh, this happened to me and this happened to me. It's, it's God, you are fully in control. You have power over my life. Right. It's not just whining about whatever circumstances you might be in. It's yeah. it, everyone faces troubles. Yeah. Everyone is going to come through these really difficult times, some suffering, some hardships. And so that's something that uh, I often neglect when it talks about bringing these problems to God. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, he knows he's he's omnipotent. He yeah. knows he knows yep. exactly what's going on. And so I find myself like, no, nah, he'll take care of it. He'll take mm-hmm. care of it. I don't need to. Yeah. But it's not necessarily about need. No. It is, or at least need on God's level. God doesn't need to hear you say it before he will do anything. He wants us to bring our problems to him because that in itself is a form of trust. Yep. Confiding in someone, these anxieties and these whatever's mm-hmm. troubling you. Because yeah. that can sometimes be a pretty difficult thing. Yeah. And uh, there's this there's an image of Jesus as our king and we are kings in that time would sometimes have people like the common people line up and they would bring their worries and problems before the king and the king would hear them out. Um, And that's kind of the picture is you're coming before Lord uh, in prayer, which is how we commune with God. Mm -hmm. So it's stepping into the temple, into the, the royal palace and speaking to God and being vulnerable with him, um, trusting him. Yeah. And that's that's something that's helped me a lot throughout my life, uh, especially last year, first semester, I was actually a mechanical engineering major before I was a Christian studies major. Um, nice little switch around there. <laughs> yeah, 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 pretty pretty big flip. Uh, especially considering that basically all of my family are chemistry majors. That's right. You've got a household of doctors. Yeah, yeah. My parents are both chemistry professors. My two oldest brothers are also now chemistry professors. Mm-hmm. And my my third old the third oldest brother is currently getting his PhD in chemistry. That's right. <laughs> Thomas. Yeah. Otami. Tommy. And then I'm like yeah, no, I don't like this. Mm-hmm. I'm, I think I'm being called towards ministry. Um, and I made that switch. And this is this is a verse that's been with me that I've really looked to for um, for peace in times of struggle since probably my junior year of high school. Yeah, I mean, this is a really good verse that kind of lays everything out in those situations. Mm-hmm. I mean, in the section that I have here where it starts uh, in Philippians 4, 6 through 7, it literally, right off the bat, do not be anxious about anything. Yeah. And that sometimes when I read that verse and I think about it, I'm like, it's kind of a cocky thing to say. Yeah. Just don't be anxious. You know? Yeah. Don't uh, worry about yeah, it. Don't worry about it. It's like, I literally can't. It's yeah. it's this reaction that I'm mm-hmm. having to whatever stimuli I have going on, whatever situation I'm in. Yeah. It's it's not something I can control. It's innate. Mm-hmm. And so just kicking it off with do not, it it 
comes off as cocky if you don't understand yeah. the context. It's like, hey, hey, hey. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and actually really interesting, The if you do a word study on the word anxious, it's to be overly worried about something, to like to worry, worry about something. So without like without reason it's just yeah you let it yeah. get away from you yeah but it it's really just a sense of w- worrying about things mm-hmm. um and yeah i mean bring it before the lord because he can do something about it um yeah and it and right before that it says let your reasonableness be known um what do you think is trying to be said there? Let your reasonableness reasonableness be known. Uh, so it's it's like it says, let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Um, and it's you know, it's talking specifically to the Christians of the church to be reasonable in their community. Hmm. To be, um, I think the word can be interchanged with forbearing. Uh, which pops up elsewhere in the Bible in reference to God, but the the idea of forbearance is it's like a legal term. So when you for when God forbears our sin, the punishment of our sin, He has a legal right to punish us for our sins, but He said, "I'm going to wait to give you the full punishment." So He gave the Israelites the law. Mm-hmm. And they could sacrifice sins, and that would push off the the consequences of their sin. But it's not a perfect sacrifice, right? Whereas Jesus comes, and he he is uh, one man. So like through the whole through one man, the whole world became sinful. Through one perfect man, the whole world is able to be righteous before God. Took all of the sins, yeah. absolved of, mm-hmm. absolved us of, basically the punishment that we should have, yeah. had. He took it upon himself. So it was this pushing it off, pushing it off, pushing it off. These small sacrifices that wouldn't amount to anything nowadays. And now, mm-hmm. Jesus has come along, and he is the perfect sacrifice. So yep. we were just pushing it off, or the Israelites were just pushing it off, delaying judgment until Jesus could come, yeah. and take it all mm-hmm. throughout time. Yeah, and you didn't even have. Like regular people uh, weren't able to go and offer sac- like sin forgiving sacrifices. It had to be through the priesthood. Uh, and so now when Jesus comes, now we're able to individually go before the Lord and ask for forgiveness. Mm-hmm. It, it takes away all of that red tape. Yeah. The veil being torn mm-hmm. when it talks about it as Jesus is on the cross. Yep. A lot of powerful imagery in mm-hmm. the Bible. The more yeah. that the older I got and the more that I started to kind of read in some of my classes and even with like my own major, my film major, mm-hmm. we would uh, in some of my classes that dealt with like visual storytelling and the use of metaphors, mm-hmm. I started to realize just how many metaphors there really are in the bible and how much god he's a storyteller you know yeah it's all in this big grand story and he wants it to it'll eventually come to this happy ending but there needs to be some struggle there needs to be time for the characters to develop yeah and uh something my bib interp professor brings up 
often is that you can't have the good without the bad. Mm -hmm. Like the good news doesn't mean much unless there's bad news. Yeah. So who cares if I'm going to heaven if the earth is perfect anyways? The earth isn't perfect. It's terrible. It's it's painful to live on earth. So the good news is that God's going to take that away one day for yeah. us. It, it means something mm -hmm. that you are now moving up and yeah. moving forward to be with God. Yeah. And another one of these verses that kind of speaks to this idea that life is suffering uh, is Matthew sixteen twenty four and 26, where it says, Then Jesus told his disciples, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? Or what shall a man give in return for his soul? And it doesn't mean a lot to most people for Jesus to tell a man to take up his cross. Um, but Jesus, like, was beaten up. He was bloodied and bruised mm -hmm. and had to carry this, like, 50, 60, maybe even 100-pound wooden beam on his back up a hill. Yeah. He had, and he couldn't. He had someone. Someone from the crowd had to help him. Someone from the crowd helped him. Uh, and that's the idea of Christianity in life is that we are picking up our cross and carrying it through life mm -hmm. so that we might be dead to our sin and alive to God. And I didn't haven't ever really thought about it like that before last year. And I was like, oh, my faith is not supposed to be easy. Right. It's not going to be easy. The whole reason we have all the letters in the New Testament is because the churches were struggling. Yeah, because it was difficult and they mm -hmm. needed help. Yeah. yeah. And so that's why we have encouragement in the Old, in the old and New Testament mm -hmm. because it's not easy to, to follow a God who condemns the whole world for what they're doing. Yeah. I, one of the bigger things that I started thinking about as you were talking about that verse is... Uh, the, the bit where it's talking about uh, trading the world for your soul and what mm -hmm. is the price of your soul. Yeah. I, I really started to think about what might be implied there. How much is your soul worth? Yeah. How much is it worth to you and how much more is it worth to God yeah. with his, you know, his divine perspective? Divine perspective, your creator. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very and interesting stuff. Yeah, I, and last year, the whole reason I switched my major, I wasn't enjoying my math classes. Who does? Uh, yeah. Who really enjoys well, math? Well, I do like math a lot. Oh, shoot, we got a nerd in the booth. <laughs> yeah, I'm a nerd. But I just hated those classes. Um, and I was taking a Christian worldview class, and I just, I loved my professor. And he really opened my eyes to the Bible, uh, through God, I believe, and I was like, oh, the Bible is full of just interesting stuff, yeah. cool things. Um, it's like a lot of the books of the Bible are like literary masterpieces. 
and like Hebrew poetry is super interesting. Yeah. Uh, all of Psalms is like different forms of poetry. And when you understand the form of poetry, you're like, whoa. You start to unpack what even between the lines mm-hmm. could mean. Yeah. Not just the actual words that are being spoken. Yeah. I was never really one for poetry. Yeah. You know, it, it, I liked a couple of poems. There was some haikus that I was like, hey, that's neat. Mm-hmm. But it, it never really developed into a love. Yeah. So Psalms is not my favorite book of the Bible. <laughs> Yeah, I'm I more of a Proverbs man myself. Yeah. Yeah. Wisdom. Wisdom literature. Yeah. The, uh, no, I love, I love Psalms. They're mm. all, they're all really encouraging. Even the ones like the laments where it's like, why God, why am I suffering? Yeah. Why is my enemy's knife against my neck? It always ends with some sort of assurance that God is going to rescue the suffering man. Mm-hmm. Even if it doesn't look like what you want mm-hmm. or how you think it needs to be, God comes through yeah. in those mysterious ways. Yeah, which um, something my mom talked about all the time uh, was it's kind of her, I'd say her life motto is God has a plan and it's better than my plan. I might not like it, but it's better. Yeah. And I might not be able to see it in the present but when i look back it's pretty obvious that at least something was working yeah um a couple years ago so 20 2021 was just after all the covid stuff yep after we all got sent back yeah. you were you were still in high school i was still then. in high school yeah um and my parents are both college professors and so they had to do this weird online in-person mix because you have to have chemistry labs for a chemistry class. Mm-hmm. Can't all be done over the computer. Yeah, can't all be done over the computer. But my mom and dad had been recording their lectures digitally for years at this point. So it wasn't too hard of a switch. Um, but in the spring of 2021, my, uh, my mom was and her siblings were moving their parents my grandparents out of their home into a retirement home and that was really hard because my mom was gone for a month maybe two months during the spring and teaching and moving you know her parents out of their house which had a lot of stuff talk about stretched thin even emotionally that's such a difficult decision Mm mm-hmm and so that went through the spring and then come the beginning of the summer, basically kind of moved out there for an extended stay and was out there a couple months uh, just moving my parents, and my grandparents. And then I think it was mid to late June or July and my grandfather died while she was out there, mm. which is really hard. <laughs> and then the, the Sunday after like the funeral and the memorial everyone was going to be flying home um we get a call from our dog sitter and she's like hey uh i came to feed the dogs and i opened the door and like a wave of water came out the door oh that's (laughs) right i remember hearing about this and so our whole house had flooded uh, because a toilet feed line like water feed line burst 
and sprayed water in our house for a couple hours. And so now we're now she has no, you know, house to live in. Uh and there's a whole headache of stuff that comes with having to pack out a house and find somewhere to live for a couple months, almost a year. Yeah. Um, that at that time, how many people did you have living in your house still? Uh, you've got a lot of siblings. Yeah, I've got two younger siblings, a sister and a brother. Yeah. So technically I was still there, so five. Uh, but that fall, I went to college. That's right. So there was just the four home. Mm-hmm. Um, but just really tough. But my parents were super fortunate to find this awesome uh, VRBO property uh, just a couple minutes from our house. And so we stayed there for a while, and it was all covered by insurance, thankfully. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I think it was like 5000 a month or something. It's like a million-dollar property. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> it's like Riverside property. It was really nice. Uh, and the like the landlords like the the couple that owned it happened to be just some really phenomenal people very nice yeah and kind of became like my parents best friends (laughs) and so they started hanging out a bunch and my mom still eat we're we're moved back into the house but my mom still goes to that over to the property still goes to chat hang out hang out she'll ride her bike uh with her dog and yeah so it it you know that's like one of the good things that came out of it and are like having to spend you know three or four months away from home with your parents and moving them out is really tough but it was also pretty well timed because she got to spend a ton of time with her dad before he passed away yeah and that was a, a huge blessing and then our house flooded but we also got a lot of renovations done so like we got Ethernet put in the walls, which is super nice. Nice. Um, my mom basically got a, you know, a renovated kitchen. We had tile before on our countertops. Now we have marble. There's more space. Heck yeah. Yeah. So it, all the countertops, like the cabinets and everything, all got repainted. All the walls are repainted. Yeah. So like some of those things worked out, but you know it came with a little bit of hardship a little bit of struggle it came with some difficulty uh which is pretty closely related to last week's episode yeah i was just thinking about when i was talking to micah about it and we brought up you know getting to look back on the struggles that you had to endure mm-hmm. obviously that was through the context of working to make your situation better mm-hmm. even through the difficulties and hardships and this one feels like maybe the other side of that coin where it's those unknown circumstances yeah. that are kind of out of your control. Yeah. You're thrown in, but then once you reach the other side, you get to look back and be like, okay, this led to this, led to this, led to where I am now, mm-hmm. and where I am now is better. Yep. And it was really hard to go through all that stuff, but I, I'm a better person now. Yeah. And I have, I have gained a lot of knowledge and wisdom. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got a, Another verse. I, I love the Bible. Mm. <laughs> uh, it's And I just found it recently doing some work for a, a homework thing. Uh, and it's Romans 5, 1 through 5. And it reads, Therefore, since we have been justified, justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him, 
we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. And, like, like I read this, uh, and I just kind of teared up, because I was like, it's like, just, I it, It's incredible. Yeah. I mean, the way that it tracks the steps. Can mm-hmm. you read through uh, the steps again? Yeah, yeah. It talks about... Uh, Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not put us to shame. Yeah. Suffering, endurance, character, hope. Mm-hmm. It's a very interesting way to kind of look at things, how it's it, it's tracking those steps. The suffering, yeah. you're going to have to endure. It's, mm-hmm. it's a promise. It's not, you know, maybe this will happen and you need to be yeah. prepared. It's, it's guaranteed in life. Shit's going to happen. Mm-hmm. But, as a big but, the Bible is full of awesome buts. Yeah, I love that I get to say that and <laughs> be taken somewhat seriously. Yes, yeah. mm-hmm. this will happen, but this will create growth for you, mm-hmm. and it will develop your character, and you will have hope. You will yeah. always have hope, mm-hmm. and it's the character that produces hope mm-hmm. because you have that maturity to look back and to look forward at suffering and say, "Yeah, it's hard, but." Like you talked about last week, like s- those difficult times, those times when you're suffering is mm-hmm. when you have the opportunity to grow the most. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I really, I listened to the episode last week and I was like, ah, oh, this is awesome. I love all of this. Thank you. Um, yeah. But yeah, my mom has been instrumental in my trust in the Lord because something she always told me growing up is uh, I used to cry a fair amount as Mm. a child. Same. High five. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I would cry about stupid things. I'd be upset about something. Mm. And she would tell me to think about five things I'm grateful for. Hmm. And I would you know, there's some stubbornness to that when you're upset. Yeah. But when you take the time to do that, you're like, oh, you know, it's not so bad right now. You get that perspective. Yeah. It's like, all right, there's this one bad thing that has happened to me, and I want to mm-hmm. hold on to it, and I want to be angry about it mm-hmm. because I'm, I'm, it's my anger. Yeah. I'm, I'm entitled to it, and that's where I think it comes from, entitlement. I'm angry about something. I'm mm-hmm. sad about something. But having to look around yourself for the positives kind of gives you a minute to breathe and you're like, all right, things aren't that bad. Yeah. And when you apply that to like, like the Bible and our faith, the Bible talks about often focusing on God. Mm-hmm. Um, and it makes me think of Paul when he walks on Paul. I think it's Paul when he walks on the water. Right. That sounds. Uh, you're the. Yeah, you're, I'm the Bible major. You're the Bible major here. I'm pretty sure it's Paul, but Jesus calls him out on the water, mm-hmm. 
and he's standing on the w- he steps out of the boat and he's standing on the water. Yeah. And there's this storm raging around. On him. a front to nature. Yeah. And he's like, all right. And the the Sea of, the s- I'm pretty sure it's the Sea of Galilee they were on, is known for having just some of the most bipolar weather. Uh, can it can turn on from, a dime. Yeah, it can go from clear skies, calm waters, to like 10-foot waves. Just insane weather changes. Mm-hmm. And they're on like a fishing boat. There's no like underside to this boat. Yeah. It's just some seats like to oar, like to row the boat in a sail. They're just out on the water in yeah. what is essentially like plywo- a plywood dinghy. Yeah. They're yeah. like, all right, time and to catch some waves. And Jesus says, like, step out on the water. And he steps out, and he's standing on the water. And while he's looking at Jesus, he's standing. And the minute that he looks away and sees the crap that's happening around him, he sinks into the water and freaks out. Yeah. And that's pretty similar, very similar to the way we suffer in life. Yeah. That everything seems okay. Like when we're at church or we're up at camp. You know, everything seems all right. Everything's mm-hmm. going to be okay. And we come home, and it just falls apart. It's all over the place. Even even in, like, this this holiday season, mm-hmm. you know, you, you focused on some of the good things. Mm-hmm. But then afterwards, or even in the midst of, you know, you step away from hanging out with the family yeah. or something, see, see something on the news, anything, you can lose focus. Mm-hmm. You're, you're in an okay time. Yeah. You're with your family. You're with people that love you, that care about you. And then there's that one thing, and you're like, ah, everything sucks. Yeah. It's yeah. the worst. Um, I hate eggnog. <laughs> <laughs> I, and I, I struggle with that a lot. Mm. Um, uh, I call it like a brick wall in your day. Yeah. And you're, you're cruising down the highway, right? You're going 65, and out of nowhere, a brick wall appears, and you slam into this brick wall, and you step out of the car. You're totally fine. Maybe your car's even okay, mm-hmm. but you're just pissed off because you had to get out of your car. Someone put a brick wall on the highway. Mm-hmm. What the hell? Because you had to stop because yeah. it wasn't what you wanted. You wanted to just mm-hmm. keep moving forward. Yeah, you're were you had, you going from point A to point B, and someone stopped you, and now you're angry. Yeah. And it's really hard to, like, get up and, like, say, oh, you know, it wasn't that bad. Yeah. Like, to keep going. Like, oh, I spilled my coffee, and now my whole day's ruined. Yeah. It's just coffee. I could buy another one. Mm-hmm. I could make another one. It's it's one minute yeah. out of your twenty four hour day, mm-hmm. or even if it's thirty minutes, or maybe if it's still maybe it's an hour. Yeah, maybe it's a bad class. Yeah, but it could like h- derail our whole day sometimes. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it takes that second of where am I? Yeah, like God's in control. He loves me. I love him, and no one has died in my life. I haven't lost anything significant. Mm-hmm. It's a moment of clarity to step back and look at your life from, try and look at it from a higher perspective. Yeah. Either, yeah, uh, just a different perspective. It's not easy to get that top view, though. <laughs> Trying to, when you're in the midst of everything that's going on around you, you're like, it can't get better. I, yeah. I see all of the terribleness around me. Mm-hmm. It it takes extreme maturity and wisdom to yeah. 
be able to, but I think it's not even just about ability. It's about wanting to, wanting yeah. to see it from the higher perspective. Yeah, you have to want it, mm -hmm. but even after you want it, it's hard to fight the part of you that doesn't want it. Right, there's, a, there's, there's a divide in yourself. Yeah. There's a part of us that wants to be angry. Mm -hmm. There's a part of me that just wishes I could pout and be upset and angry at everything all the time. Right. Someone comes in to help you out with it. You know, you just get your own little pity party. Yeah. And the world just stops mm -hmm. revolving for a second. Yeah, and that's, we don't, we don't get to do that. That's nope. not how life is. No. There's no pity parties. There are no pity parties. Yeah. Yeah, I mean. I don't have anything else on that. No? All right. Well, let's let's see where this conversation goes. Yeah. Uh, there was something interesting that I read in the the Philippians verse. Mm -hmm. uh, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. So, I I didn't actually know what supplication meant. I was a little bit unsure, so I looked up the definition: mm -hmm. uh, the action of asking or begging for something earnestly or humbly. Yep. So it's the combination of prayer. The connection to God, mm -hmm. supplication, coming to him and asking humbly with thanksgiving, with mm -hmm. this feeling of I am thankful for what I have, even in these rather difficult times. My headphones are all messed up now. Oops. There we go. Yeah. And that's like, that's the whole thing is... Because it's, it's not complaining. Mm -hmm. like I don't. I know Paul's not asking us to complain about our life to God. No, no. <laughs> he's not saying go whine. Yeah, he's saying with thankfulness. Mm -hmm. So we're thankful for what we have, but even in spite of our trust in God and our knowledge that he's going to pull us through, there's a part of us, there's our flesh that doubts. Mm -hmm. And... We need to come before God and say, hey, I am doubting. Um, there's the man who asks God to heal his daughter if he can. And Jesus says, if I can. Yeah. And the man says, help, help me in my unbelief. It's like, help me to believe even in my unbelief. Mm -hmm. And that's a, a part of this is trusting is just to put it out there. Yeah. To, to share that. Talk to God. Talk let him to in. Talk to God. To let him yeah. in. It can be hard to remember to do that. Yeah. And I it's I don't think it's it's not something I had ever done until last year, really. Um I read uh what's it called? Wild at Heart. Ah. Good uh, book. By John Eldridge. Yeah. I love that book. Um and that's something he talks about is actively letting God into your heart, letting Jesus into your heart, mm -hmm. asking him to come into the parts of your heart that, you know, are bad. Yeah. Even the parts that scare you. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Asking him to help you with the parts that scare you, help you to grow out of those, to grow in them. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. So that's like, you know, you have to let him in. Mm -hmm. It's a, it's, take up your cross daily 
yeah every day a constant choice constant choice to let god in to be thankful because thankfulness is just it's good to be thankful yeah it but it's something that can often be a little bit difficult when you are in those difficult moments yeah when you're emotional it's hard to Mm -hmm. be reasonable Uh, it's hard to be thankful um I'm a science man, so I'm a nerd, but <laughs> there are studies that have shown like big boosts, big boosts in mood uh, for people who took the time to be thankful in their day. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's like super interesting because the Bible is like, be thankful. Mm-hmm. Like it's good for your health, yeah, you know, be thanking God about everything because here it says that. God will provide you the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, Um, which I, it's not an immediate thing all the time. No. I've I've often prayed this prayer about something in my life, and it took some time, Mm -hmm. maybe took a night or a day, but I, you know, I came to a point where I was like, whoa, this thing isn't bothering me quite as much as it did before. Right. I'm still worried I found about peace. It. Yeah, I'm at peace. I'm still worried about it, but I'm not, you know, not sweating bullets about it. Yeah. Not too long ago, about a year and a half, two years, I found myself in a pretty difficult situation. I'm not going to get into all the details, but I found myself at a crossroads, mm-hmm. and I was really struggling with which way to go. I didn't know what was down the line for either of them. I, I yeah. had to make a decision based on my feeling and based on information that my friends had brought to me. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. And I found myself really struggling with it. Mm-hmm. And I was just, I was in turmoil, mm-hmm. you know? And it wasn't until... I brought it to God and I, I just laid it out. I had, a, I had a pretty good cry and I was like, mm-hmm. I do not know what to do. Yeah. I am stressed and because this is going to impact some people. Mm-hmm. This is a pretty big decision that's going to impact the lives of a couple of people, yeah. myself included. And I just didn't know which way to go until I prayed a prayer for wisdom and for peace. Mm-hmm. I was like, God, give me peace in whichever situation I need to go in. Yeah. Took a couple of days, took a lot of just consistent meditation on it and Mm -hmm. thinking about it and prayer. Took some effort. Took some effort because it it had to be conscious. It Mm -hmm. wasn't just like I think about it in the morning. I go through my day. I think about it when I pray before I go to bed and then that's it. It was I kind of had to consistently be thinking about it. Mm -hmm. And a couple of days later, I found myself thinking about it and I was like, whoa, I, I. I, I don't get gut feelings very often. Yeah. And I had a gut feeling. I was like, wow, I'm I know what I need to do. I'm at peace. I this is so weird. I I I felt like I had never really felt that kind of peace before. It's a good feeling. It was a good feeling. And, you know, went through I took the route that I felt peace with and here I am now. Yeah. Still alive. Yeah, and you are. You know, things are starting to shape up. And, you know, Wiser because of it. Wiser because of it. More character because of it. More character and more hope for the future because yeah. of it. Yeah. Um, 
just because this I have a, another verse that that people like to use as like their you know their Instagram bio their mantra quote yeah. unquote uh, Jeremiah twenty nine eleven for I know the plans I have for you declares the Lord plans for welfare not for evil to give you fu- a future and a hope mm. uh, and this verse is severely out of context <laughs> really yeah pray tell uh, so. This is Jeremiah. He's a prophet. Mm-hmm. Comes in the book of Jeremiah in the Old Testament. And Jeremiah has just finished telling the Israelites that God is sending them into exile at the hand of the Babylonians for, I think it was like 80 years or something. Mm-hmm. A long time. Like a full yeah. couple generations. And like this is like what Jeremiah is telling to them afterwards. So this is after their exile yeah this is like god is going to bring them out of their exile and he does Mm -hmm. um but it's not you know it's not for you it's not for me in the 22nd 21st century um like i'm not god hasn't declared that i'm going into exile because of my my evilness right he hasn't said you screwed up yeah now you're going into exile yeah i don't know when you Go wander the at me. <laughs> go wander the Arizona desert for eighty years. Yeah, um, I, it speaks to our tendency to take the Bible and apply it just to ourselves. I think we hmm. do that a lot. I do it sometimes. Yeah, have done it in the past, um, and that's not bad all the time. A lot of the Bible does apply to us. Yeah, but I think that twenty nine Jeremiah twenty nine eleven has much bigger significance to speaking to God's faithfulness to his people yeah to his to who God is and that's a lot of the Old Testament is who God is mm-hmm. it's he, God and his history with the Israelite people mm-hmm. um, he's revealing himself in his nature yeah and he's he's telling them like I'm here for you guys yeah you screwed up there's gonna be punishment mm-hmm but I am still here for yeah. you guys. I am with you in the suffering. Mm-hmm. I'm, gave I'm them with the you. law. They disobey it. And he says, you disobeyed my law. I'm going to punish you. Right. Like that is, that's the agreement we made. Yeah. And so he does. That is his divine right to exercise his punishment against these people. Mm-hmm. And often he, you know, he doesn't do that. Uh, you know, praise God. Yeah. Um, I mean, even going back to what we talked about earlier, think about the big punishment. Yeah. Hell. Yeah. That we... Whatever that might look like. Whatever it might look like. We have been gifted, and it is a gift. Mm-hmm. We have been gifted salvation yeah. because someone else paid the price. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's... I think it's more encouraging to think about this verse in who God is mm-hmm. and not who I am or how it pertains to me. Because um, I think we read this verse or people read this verse and apply it to their lives very literally, like God has a plan. Yeah. Um, I don't I don't know that that's necessarily true. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he guides us. Like he, he knows what's going to happen. He knows anything that could ever happen mm-hmm. um, but he is it's it's not what we do 
Like, even though the Israelites were evil or sinful, God still promised to redeem them. Mm-hmm. And that is very much a um, appears in Christ. Yeah. Um, I don't think I wrote it down. That's very much God's love mm-hmm. shining through. Despite our flaws, sins, and failures, God still loves us. Yep, you know? he does. He, he has found something in us to love, even mm-hmm. in our unbelief, even in our failures. Yeah. I mean, I think that often doesn't get the, at least in my own life, sometimes I don't give that the appreciation that it deserves. Mm-hmm. I just don't think about it. I, I kind of go through my mindless days, and I'm like, yeah, whatever. And read the Bible sometimes, but <laughs> when I stop and think about it, I'm like, wow, God loves me. I'm here. Mm-hmm. I am this kid, essentially S- this grain, this of sand. grain of sand. God picks me up just like he picks up everywhere. Every other grain of sand. And he says, I love you. Mm-hmm. I'm going to help you. Yeah. I want you to know me. Yeah. And he wants us to know him. Yeah, which means that we need to be in Scripture, which I am, I'm not good about. Yeah, I I start these. Uh, I have a tendency to start some of the reading plans on like the Bible <laughs> app. Yeah, and it's like, do you want to set a remind a reminder every day? I'm like, nah, I'll remember. Yeah. Lo and behold, I get a I, I get like a month in. Mm-hmm. I check the Bible app again. I'm like, ah, shit. Yeah. I, One year later, you have like 50 unfinished plans. Mm-hmm. I'm like, Damn. I'm like, wow, I'm a I'm a bad Christian. Time yeah. to. And then I try to read them all in one day. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, see, I'm catching up. <laughs> I'm getting better. Yeah. And I I think that's actually kind of what I'm writing my biblical interpretation paper, term paper on. Yeah. Um, I have to write an exegetical paper. And my the, the passage I'm doing is Romans 3, 21 through 26. And the main idea the biblical truth that i've pulled out of it is let me just pull it up i've got it right here heck yeah without distinction everyone deserves death for their sin but god without distinction there's that but again that yeah that big old but but without distinction freely forgives those who trust in christ and uh so this is this Romans 3.23 is fairly well known. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Um, and in 24, and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is Christ Jesus. But just before the 23 is for there is no distinction. Mm-hmm. Which does apply, it's like universally, everyone has sinned and everyone falls short of the glory of God. Mm-hmm. But also can apply to the saved state of a person can be redeemed. Yeah. Yeah. The same way that like the same way that we all fall short. Like you said, Mm -hmm. we all can receive that same gift. There's, there's nothing that we have done. Mm -hmm. There's nothing that can, that we can do that will bar us from the love and grace of God. And even once we have accepted Christ and start to trust in Christ, we are still given that grace Mm -hmm. that, that, grace the forgiveness doesn't change even after we trust in god we still deserve death that doesn't change Mm -hmm. but now that we've trusted in christ 
he, his blood has washed away our sins so that we can be made right before God and eventually one day go into heaven with him. But we're humans and we're bound to mess up mm-hmm. and sin. And so even in our relationship with Christ, we are still, God still freely forgives us. Yeah. Um, and I, I shrug- struggle with like, I don't know, I guess I'll call it sin shame. Where sin shame? You get, you get stuck in some sins. There's sins like, like pornography. Mm. I struggle with pornography a lot. And I'm getting better. Uh, praise God. Praise God. But it's, it's, it's a shameful thing. Yeah. Because it, it's hidden. And that's what the enemy wants is for you to hide your sin. Keep it in the dark. Keep, keep it secret. Keep it in the dark. Keep Pre- it secret. Pretend it doesn't exist. Pretend it doesn't exist. But God, you know, he's the light on the hill and he shines his light on everything. Mm-hmm. And everyone sins. Everyone, you know, 90% of the population has the same, you know, sins. And so there's, there's really no shame in it because God knows I'm going to sin and he's forgiven me of those things. It's yeah. not to say I should continue in my sin. Right, but should do it with like, yeah, yeah, I watch porn. What about it? That's not yeah. that's not what they're getting at. No, it's it's you know, I s- I watch porn, but I'm actively working to get away from it. Mm-hmm. I'm working to trust in God more and more that he'll take that away from me, that he'll grow me in my suffering in my struggle with sin yeah uh and you know the romans 5 that i read earlier also applies to that that the and hope does not put us to shame part mm-hmm. i was like oh yeah yeah there hope is. isn't going to be like hey look at this guy look at what he's yeah. doing yeah hope says you know we all we all struggle with that but it's mm-hmm. making you a better person it's increasing you're not really increasing your testimony, but it's growing your testimony. Mm-hmm. And one day God can use that as you, you know, talk to maybe just a random person yeah. or even as a, a minister, as you minister to people that he can use that circumstance, that hard circumstance that you struggle through in mm-hmm. your life to be an encouragement to others. Yeah. Displaying how, you can overcome these things and you can be made better for it yeah, just like how, I did. In yeah, however small or however big your community may be. Yeah, how faith through God will, he can bring you out of those circumstances, bring you through those circumstances. Yeah. I think is often what he does. He doesn't just pull us out of the hardship. Right. He's like, hey, I'll guide you along the hardship. Mm-hmm. But we you know the path still needs to be walked yeah you will learn how to navigate this with my help and eventually you'll be able to take on getting back to the first episode you'll get you'll learn to take on more hardship Mm -hmm. and you will learn to be better for it and you will learn to i don't want to say enjoy but you will you will learn how to be joyful be joyful in the circumstances yeah and i think that's one of the more difficult parts of Christian theology, learning to be okay and be joyful through suffering. Yeah, which I think is minimized in, like, in more evangelistical, you know, kind of preaching that Mm -hmm. is just trying to get 
numbers into the rows yeah and just reach as many people that's great mm -hmm. but there's like there's the second half that one is hard to teach it's hard to teach people to suffer mm -hmm. right it's something you need to experience but it needs to be you know talked about you're going to suffer as a christian mm -hmm. i think like when i first accepted christ there's kind of this idea that like Oh, like I'll accept Christ and everything's gonna be good. Yeah, sunshine, lollipops, yeah. and rainbows. It's yeah. not gonna work out like that. Like I got, there's stuff. Life still, life goes on, and there's things to worry about. Mm -hmm. But we have hope. Yeah, in that suffering, that God is with us, that He is in control, and that this isn't the end. Mm -hmm. Even if I mess royally, screw up in this life. This is not the end for me. No. I could end up homeless in 40 years, and I can still be joyful because so what? I'm homeless. Right. <laughs> this is not the end of my existence. No. Nothing, nothing is ever the end. No. You know, any, any hardship that you're going to find yourself enduring mm -hmm. feels like the end of the world for a little bit, especially if, depending on the gravity of the situation. Yeah. But oftentimes I feel like that's – us giving in that's us quitting us mm -hmm. throwing in the towel god doesn't throw in the towel no you know he never has he has that divine perspective he's like mm -hmm. no hang on this yeah. is going to grow you mm -hmm. yeah and i think that's an important thing to remember is god doesn't throw in the towel mm -hmm. he doesn't quit on no. us even when we quit on him he won't ever quit on us and that's a, a big theme in the old testament is that yeah. god makes promise covenant after covenant with the Israelite people and time after time they break it. Yeah. But like God, clockwork. Yeah. Like clockwork. But God, every time, but God mm -hmm. saves them, redeems them and brings, usually brings in some prophets and prophesies about, you know, the coming Messiah, mm -hmm. Jesus and, you know, instills hope. Yeah. And that's, you know, what he continues to do through the, the New Testament for us is give us hope. Yeah. Going back to the original verse that we were talking about, do you think hope is the answer for anxiety? You know, that, that, that irrational sense of angst and fear. Do you think hope is what could best lead someone through anxiety? I think so. I think that's – I mean, I think – hope coincides with peace yeah that if you're really peaceful in a situation that you have the mental whereabouts to to be hopeful about your future yeah this i think it's the peace first you know the divine peace in a situation to say it's going to be okay. Mm -hmm. um, I think like like with homework, like might be anxious about getting my homework done. Yeah. But, you know, why am I anxious? Because I procrastinated for weeks. Yeah. So it's on me a bit. Mm -hmm. I gotta you know sit down and do the work, and get through it. And sometimes you know it's life si situations that are making us anxious that we have no control over, like. 
Like, you can't change the date of a test. You can prepare all you want, but you'll still be anxious. Mm-hmm. And this is one of those situations where it's coming before God. You know, thank you that I'm here, that I have this opportunity. Like, help me to be knowledgeable as I take my test. Mm-hmm. Help me to um, to remember the things that I've studied. Yeah. I know I've said that prayer many times. <laughs> Yeah. Like, you know, I crammed all of last night. Please, God, let it all be up there. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I think is, you know, when we do it, when everything we do is an act of faithfulness mm-hmm. to God saying, hey, I need your help in absolutely everything that I do, regardless of how much work I put into this thing to study. Maybe it's a presentation that regardless of how much I effort I put into this that I still need you to bring me peace to help me to remember to give me you know I don't know the courage to to do well yeah that that's there's a sense of that always relying on Christ to do anything yeah <laughs> doing it come through you know yeah. help out yeah, do what needs to be done intervening on your behalf Mm -hmm. basically and and god doesn't always doesn't always provide for us because hardship is when we grow Mm -hmm. and so yeah i think it was really interesting something you said earlier talking about faithfulness and bringing these problems and anxieties to god how you know that in in itself bringing your anxieties, bringing your troubles, bringing everything that's going on in your life, even if it's not good, is an act of faithfulness mm-hmm. because you're admitting, like, I can't do this. You can. Yep. My faith and my belief in you. Here's what I got going on. Mm-hmm. I never yeah. thought about it like that before. Yeah. And it's it's a hum it's a humble perspective to have. Man, hum- humility is just like littered all throughout the Bible. Yeah, I I don't. I hate it. I hate being wrong. Right. <laughs> um, I'm wrong fairly often. Yeah. I, I just hate it. Um, but it takes a lot of work to get over that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. To say, okay, I was wrong. I was being stupid. I was, you know, I was making absolute statements and right. only a Sith deals in absolute. <laughs> nice. Very nice. Um, there was uh, There was something I learned in my argumentation and advocacy class that I took about a year and a half ago. And it was talking about, you know, what exactly do we get out of an argument? What is mm-hmm. what is the end goal? Despite who's right, who's wrong. Yeah. You know, you are going to grow through the experience. You should. You should. Either you're right and it is now a positive experience because you have been able to help someone and impart wisdom Mm-hmm. Now, I, I don't mean argument like the way that we often think about arguments where it's just yelling and screaming and yeah. I want this or I'm right or yada, yada, yada. But it's, it's not a good argument. It's not a good argument. But an argument in the sense of like you are think you have big thoughts and you disagree with someone mm-hmm. and you want to have a dialogue yeah. about it. A discourse. A discourse. Either you are right and you help that person see the error of their ways and you mm-hmm. kind of bring them into this new realm of thinking, which is really positive or you're wrong and you now have to admit that you're wrong, Mm -hmm. but 
through your humility, you were like, all right, I was wrong. Yeah. You are now, you are then made better for it. Yeah. And then your thinking changes. And, and then that person gets to bring you into a new light. Of right. Thinking. I, either way, it just, it just kind of changes back and forth, mm -hmm. but there's always a positive ending. Yeah. If you let there be. Yeah. And it takes humility on, on the wrong side mm -hmm. and grace on the right side. That's the other part. To mm -hmm. not, you know. Don't be a sore I winner. I told you so. Yeah. Neener, neener, neener. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Like, no. Um, which is certainly what God does for us in not being a sore winner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just imagine him up in the clouds. I told you. Yeah. What did I say? Yeah. yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Is there anything else you want to talk about? No. I got no. nothing. Personal anecdotes? No. I mean, that's one of my my favorite verses. I uh, say it quite often. Mm. It's just, yeah. I, like, I, I struggle in my thinking with anxiety because it's not something I struggle with mentally very much. Um, certainly as I've gotten older and encountered more you know, life-changing situations that anxiety has become a thing. So it's like, well, that's going to change the whole path of my life. That's a big, big change. Uh, but, you know, some people mentally, like, have a mental illness of anxiety. Yeah. And it's, like, hardwired into their brain. And that's that's a much harder thing to overcome. Yeah, because it isn't simply a changing of the mindset. Yeah, They're it's a changing of your brain chemistry, and mm -hmm. that's, you know, like a, like getting rid of an addiction is really hard to do. Yeah, because you are literally having to fight the own ch the chemicals in your body. Yeah, but I, th I think that this is an excellent verse for it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've actually had the inverse happened to me you right. were talking about how you know as you've gotten older you have been able to kind of navigate these anxieties a little bit better mm. if i'm understanding what you no, said no no i've experienced more anxiety mm. because of like larger oh life changing yeah things. bigger bigger things to think about as yeah. you kind of get older and get this mm -hmm. new perspective never mind then i guess we're in the same boat because <laughs> that's what i was getting yeah. to i uh i've been struggling with a lot of that here in these last couple of years at college yeah, I bet. You know, as you get closer to the finish line, you just, you look out and you're like, holy shit, there's a lot of stuff out there. Yeah. What am I going to do? What's so, going to happen? Yeah. What's going to go wrong? There's Everything's no going to go wrong. And it's, it's becoming increasingly difficult. But I think having, I think the biggest and best way that we can fight this aside from taking it to God is take it to the people in our lives, the pe mm -hmm. the everyday people in our community. Yeah. You know, we are, we are called to be like Christ for others. We are called to be that shining city on a hill. Yeah. And so when you are there for the people in your community that are going through those anxieties and in turn, they're there for you. Mm -hmm. I mean, it is, it is like being Jesus for someone. Yeah. And I think that's really, I think that's really incredible. Mm -hmm. And community is a huge part of Christianity and the yeah. faith. Um, 
you can't have you know a good christian faith without having a community of believers Mm -hmm. even if it's just one or two people um like last year i hung out with micah a lot in the first semester and we used to uh, work out and we would usually go get breakfast on campus um and we were both able to grow in our faith a lot because we had a like-minded person who was humble enough to be wrong, Mm -hmm. willing to talk about harder topics. And so we often talked about the Bible Mm -hmm. uh, and I got to grow a lot from that spiritually. And I've found a friend this year that I get to, I get to have some of those discourses with. Heck yeah. Um, and it, it's a lot easier to go through life when you have someone to share it with.